This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how you doing? I'm good, Josh, and I'm happy to be here for our weekly Etienne Capoue podcast. <laughs> this week in Capoue. <laughs> we got a question from Scott. It wasn't even a question. It was more of a somewhere between a comment and a rant, I think. Uh, and after Capoue scored uh, yesterday morning, he said, Q 15 minutes, maybe 20 on Capoue, uh, this time with theme song talk. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, First, I want to get this out of the way. Uh, I'm still not clear on whether it's Kapue or Kapu, but I do feel like the crowd <laughs> leans Kapue just because we're all deeply uncomfortable with saying the word poo. Right. Very, very Victorian about it. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, so, Brandon, I have a question for you. It was, it was a very strange week in the fantasy game. A lot of, uh, uh, I don't know, a lot of controversial decisions, I think you could say. A lot yes. of... Um, a lot of uh, goals that may, should not have been goals that were counted as goals and uh, assists that that would not normally have been credited and and were credited. And so let me let me give you my my feeling on this in general, and you can okay. let me know if you agree or disagree. Okay. So my feeling is, it seems like they've loosened up the restrictions this year. It used to be. Um, you know, if you if if a ball deflected off a well, actually they kind of clarified the rules a couple of years ago. It used to be at the ball, uh, like three or four years ago, it was like anything went. You could like basically if you like played in the past, the defender could like dribble for a while, like do a take on, get sure. the ball taken away, and you'd still uh, you know get the, get credit for the assist. And so they clarified that. And now this year it seems like once again. If if I guess if you were intending to create an assist, it doesn't matter how much the ball is deflected by a defender, you still get credit for it. It's so like feeling- it's it's like getting a red card. It's all about intent. <laughs> the violent conduct red card. It's about intent. Yeah, I, apparently so. Which I have to, I guess I'm fine with as long as it's called consistently, which I, I suppose it was this week, fairly consistently. Yeah. Um, and you know because I feel like you know the I guess the most most uh, sort of 
dramatically, if I may use that word. Uh, it was in the uh, the Man United uh, Watford game where uh, Ibrahimovic drove down and uh, put a ball in. The ball was uh, deflected up by a defender and fell to to Rashford. Very lucky deflection, right? I mean, he sort of you see Rashford yeah. sort of like take a step back and then he's like, "Oh, it's at my toe." It was a Harry Kane esque <laughs> goal. <laughs> But I feel like, you know, uh, Ibrahimovic did all the work to score that goal. So I don't yeah. really, I mean, from a like sort of, you know, um, elevated standpoint or whatever, I don't really mind that he gets the credit, you know. Right. So yeah. I thought it was controversial. I just hope they keep it up, you know. We got a tweet from Blue Ash 18 He says, what do we do if the at official FPL makes a bad decision? Ibra assist. It hurt me big as a non-Ibra owner. Now, my question to Blue Ash is that may be true, but did you also do you have Romelu Lukaku on your team? Do you have Alexis Sanchez on your team? Because what's good for the goose better be good for the gander. And wow. as a non-Alexis owner, as a non-Lukaku owner, my measly Ibra assist on on uh, my Ibra captain, um, I ate that up like it was. Uh, the only meal I was getting <laughs> in my uh, s- solitary confinement cell. Yeah, it had to be a kind of a frustrating week for you, Brandon, right? You captained uh, Ibrahimovic. Uh, Guer- so you know Aguero puts down – or not Aguero, excuse me. Uh, Lukaku puts down 12 uh, on Saturday, and you know that's going to be a hard one to, to match. I mean, uh, Ibrahimovic has had one two-goal game, but in general he's been getting like a goal game or you know, picking up around six, seven points. Yeah, and he's almost been getting a goal a game despite – himself uh <laughs> his he's he's hey scores some weird goals um through and and that team particularly the last two game weeks hasn't exactly looked electric so right. yeah you're, you're right after Lukaku's performance uh my my hopes for Ebra pulling it out for me were were slim to none but yes it it, 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 it would have all changed had he actually put that header uh <laughs> yeah. past Gomez and it was it was just not to not to be yeah and, does it make you? I mean, we're, we're going to talk more about him later, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of an interesting thing with with Ibrahimovic right now, and uh, you know, we're going to talk a lot about Aguero and people bringing in Aguero and people deciding whether or not to to drop Ibrahimovic to do you it. Mean Brock Toon? Brock Toon, excuse me, uh, Brock Toon. We should go back and, and just like you should have like a beep anytime I say <laughs> <laughs> anything but Brock Toon. Uh, but the, you know, I mean, so yeah, I think he had, I think his his totals are he had nine points in game week one, thirteen in game week two, two in game week three. Six in game week four, and then five in game week five. So really, you know, attacking returns in four to five matches, which is good. But at eleven yeah. five, you need you're looking for a little bit more, I think. Additionally, it's it's hard to own him because while Ibra is a class goal scorer, he is not in, he's not very involved in the play throughout the ninety minutes. So you're watching United play, and Ibra isn't getting a lot of touches on the ball unless they're <laughs> yeah. in the penalty box. So, But if, if Wayne Rooney wasn't skying every ball into the third row, I mean, even balls like just playing it forward, it's going off into the... <laughs> there it, was a yeah. point in that match where it was like for 30 minutes of the match, the ball was just like... It was just like going in and out of bounds for like 30 minutes because Wayne Rooney was misplaying like every single pass. It's I wonder if once Rooney leaves, I wonder if Aguero will be more involved in the play, you know, linked up with e- Eber, Eber, you mean? Ibra. Yeah, excuse me. I keep, I, I'm just, yeah. I got, I've got Brockton on the brain. It may be. I, I, do we need? Does Mkhitaryan have to get healthy for that to happen? I'm, I'm wondering who they slot in. Uh, I mean, maybe Juan Mata has to get a little bit of confidence from Mourinho to fill in that Wayne Rooney role. But yeah, Rooney is yeah. a disaster. He's destroying that team. <laughs> 
<laughs> we could do a whole podcast just on, on Wayne Rooney. I mean, I, I like Rooney in general. I like Rooney for all the reasons that coaches like Rooney. I mean, he's he's sort of a willing to play every position and, and, you know, he plays through pain and he's sort of a, he's like a, he's, he's more like an American football player. You know, he's got, he's got an American state. He's like one of those defenders who, you know, he used to be a cornerback and then he lost his speed and now he's a safety and, yeah, you know, right. he starts to put on some weight. And now he's a linebacker you know, sort of anywhere <laughs> he can, anywhere he can stick on the team. But anyway, I, we, we digress, Brandon, let's, let's get into the, the, the meat of the podcast itself. Uh, well, I should say meat. We have like 13 more introductory uh, sections to go it's, here. It's a multi-course meal for sure. Meat, meat will come at some point though, be sure. I have a few intro, uh, so a few, a few statements of purpose that I want to, that I want to start this podcast off with. All right, Brandon, are you ready for this? Uh, ready. one is yeah. the first question is, is fantasy fun? Because I have to tell you, I so I didn't have any fun watching the matches this weekend. I don't know if it's if it was a, a my team thing or or what it was exactly, but I think this is the weekend where I think this this typically happens for me once a year, early on in the season. Um, and it's it's like right around when I realize I'm not going to finish number one in the world overall. <laughs> I always sort of harbor the hope that everything's going to click. And I just I was too angry. And, you know, I was watching uh, the Southampton match yesterday and I've hung out to Nathan Redmond and he was just missing. I don't know if you saw into the match. He was probably watching the uh, Crystal Palace match. But he was missing. Uh, I, 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 I did have I did have it on on my second screen experience. Okay. So I did see a few of the Nathan Redmond howlers, which are oh. coming to be his trademark. It was so brutal. And at one point I was sort of like slipped off the couch onto the floor, you know, and sort of a just like a depressive slip. You never mm-hmm. do that thing where you sort of slide off. Uh, uh, my I, wife, don't, I don't slide off the couch. When I get to that point, I actually have a blanket on the couch that I put <laughs> over my head and I wear it like I'm a like I'm a Jedi or something like that. <laughs> so after that match was over, there, there was still a Spurs match to come. And I said, that's it. I'm, I'm out. I'm done watching soccer for the day. And so I, I went out with my wife and we had. Uh, uh, we went to the farmer's market. It was like we did all the cliched Brooklyn things, you know. Uh, went to the farmer's market and uh, got our vegetables. And we hung some some paintings on the wall. And I went for a bird walk afterwards. And it was like a you're, very – You're a virtual Jonathan Franzen over there. I was, yeah. And so I, I did all that. And I was like, yes, this is – I have I have like – even things out a little bit, you know, yeah. like I, so I it just, it's, this is really more just a reminder to, to sports never end. They never, uh, ever end. There's well, I, 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 a I long season, have... but even like there's just uh, right now, you know, college football is back now and the NFL is back and there's, there's just two baseball is still going on. There's way as American, there's way too much sports in my life right now. And I've got to like, I got to bring it down a notch. I did have this thought this weekend when things certainly weren't going my way FPL-wise. I did wonder why the Premier League wasn't a short season like the NFL. Like, maybe then I could stand the overwhelming emotional pressure of the (laughs) Fantasy Premier League that goes on for nine months. Now, clearly, yeah, and you and I are already sick individuals, right? I mean, we we have a weekly Fantasy Premier League podcast. We're we're, we're beyond help. But maybe put the players out there. Yeah, throw yeah. throw us in the the wooden uh, apple cart uh, with all the re- other dead FPL bodies because yeah we've succumbed to the illness completely. <laughs> but to to answer the question, is fantasy fun? I can point to one specific example, Josh. Uh, Friday night, as the points were all calculated in the overall FPL game, you look to see who was the number one point getter on the day in the entire world. And yes, it was uh, one fun individual who decided to triple captain Jordan Henderson. <laughs> that, Josh, is making fantasy fun. 
it, 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 does, it does boggle my mind that there are people out there that have it within themselves. They're like, you know what? Screw it. I'll triple Captain Jordan Henderson. That seems like fun. I'm constitutionally incapable of doing something like that. I, 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 you would have to time, like, you'd have to, like, you have to cut off my hands or something. Like, there's some, like, I would, I would find a way minutes before the the deadline to, to, to go in there and and make a more rational choice. I just, I couldn't bring myself to do it. Not to get too off track, Josh, but could you say (laughs) off the top of your head what the most irrational captaincy decision is that you ever made? Maybe not irrational, but Uh, the most sort of whimsical captaincy. That's a great, that's a great question. Uh, I would have to think about that one a little bit. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it would maybe probably, that's a that's a good one for yeah. our listeners. Maybe if they can tweet at us, what's the most whimsical captaincy you've ever ever made? I feel like the the regrets I typically have are when I don't captain a an Aguero type player and go for like the fourth best caption option. You know, I, I go like so. It's it's not like it's a dramatic. I'm not. I'm, I'm never captaining like Jason Punchin or something. But it's yeah. You know, it's captaining. Well, you know, KDB on a week when he gets one point when Aguero gets three goals or something like that. Or I was advocating last week to Captain Benteke against Stoke, and sure, we called it right. It was an <laughs> annihilation of Stoke, but sadly, Benteke was mysteriously absent from all those goals. That was strange. Well, all right. I, I, Bull- oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, it might not be strange when you see uh, who are running the wings on that team. Uh, two of the most one single-minded, selfish players in the entire league, and uh, Townsend and Zaha. Townsend was due for a, a game like that. You know, he, you know, he's that's his style. You know, so every, every now and then he's going to explode. I, I, I still don't think he's. We don't even. I don't think we have any Townsend questions even on this podcast. I, it was just <laughs> like, if you held on to him for this long, congratulations. Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, his total points tally is now higher than Nathan Redmond, so I've hung on to for five weeks. So, hey, <laughs> congratulations. Point number two. Oh, we're still in the intro, right? We're still still in the intro. We're only 40 minutes in or so. (laughs) Uh, Point number two is a a pregnancy update, Brandon. Uh, Just I want to note that uh, my wife is due this Sunday. So five days from now, six days from now. Uh, which is crazy. Uh, is. So, <laughs> is so, so crazy. there's a, a pretty good chance that I am going to be out for a while. Um, not planning. I've, I'm certainly coming back, uh, but I'm certainly planning to take uh, some time off. Um, I'm be at least a couple weeks. You know, uh, we'll just sort of see how things go. So, okay. um, it, in response to this, I have a question for our listeners. So. Uh, hit us up on Facebook, Always Cheating, or Twitter, at Hail Cheaters. I want them to tweet at us, which Premier League player would they most like to be the stand-in host for Josh while he is on <laughs> his uh, Always Cheating paternity leave? Which, and, would, would, would they like somebody like a controversial figure like Andre Graves coming in here <laughs> with some wild, off-the-wall, uh, awful yeah. uh, opinions? Or, or somebody nice, like like, say... I don't know who's a nice person in, in the like Santi Cazorla <laughs> or Santi Cazorla. <laughs> yeah, maybe we could have Leighton Baines on here. We could, we could just talk about Spotify <laughs> playlists the entire uh, hour. So, do you want any kind of call out there, Brandon, for anybody who wants to to possibly be a fill in, uh, you know, guest or, or or interview on the podcast? Uh, anybody? I guess the one requirement is have some, have some, have like a decent microphone, right? I don't I don't think we want any call in. Uh, any call-in episode. Yeah, hey, yeah, if you're out there and you have uh, a Skype account and a decent microphone, 
hit us up. We can have you on the pod, or you can send me a, a 500-word essay about what makes you <laughs> a good podcast host. Yeah. Yeah, a mission statement. It should have. It should be like a. Actually, just send us your um, your CV. You yeah. know, send us your CV with um, yeah with a, with a. Well, let's just do a one pager, Brandon. Uh, Calibri twelve point double spaced. <laughs> Regardless, we're going to be here every week. Every week, we're going to have some fun, and we will keep your seat warm for you, Josh, for whenever it is that you come back. Excellent. And before before I do leave, if this is my last podcast for a little while, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, to the the uh, Transfer Hub website, uh, TriggerLips.com. Uh, it's a site that uh, has been very good to us. Uh, shares our shares our podcast every week and um, great content on there. Um, lots of um, I don't know, just the weekly discussions and the questions that are on there. And uh, there's a great um, forum that you can get access to if you if you reach out to the to Nick Cummings, the guy who runs the site. And it's just a very good, smart place to go for fantasy advice. And it's, it doesn't have a lot of the bells and whistles of some of the other sites, which uh, I actually really like because um, I get a little. Um, I mean, I, I like. I, I mean, I, I read like everything, but um, it is kind of nice sometimes to read like a very like just a sort of one person's sort of clear-headed opinion on um, what kind of decisions to make every game week. So, mm-hmm. throw that shout out. Uh, and then one other shout out is to uh, Ken Rooney, who's been writing some articles for the Irish Examiner uh, called "This Week in Fantasy Premier League." And I was originally going to say, if you're just if you're Irish, you should check this out, but. Because the internet now exists, anybody can read this anywhere. Uh, and that's I, don't have I, a, I don't have to have a subscription to the Irish Times. Have it <laughs> delivered to my front door every morning. Irish, Irish Examiner. Oh, the, the Irish uh, Examiner. Yeah. Pardon me. But uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a weekly column. Uh, I, I think he's he said you know if, if people are gonna if, if the traffic's good, hopefully he'll be able to keep doing it. So um, go check it out, and uh, yeah. it's kind of fun. It made me feel like made me feel like we were doing something that actually was newsworthy, you know? <laughs> yeah, and we've been in touch with Ken Rooney on Twitter. If you want to follow him, you can find him at Ken Rooney, and that's Rooney spelled like everyone's favorite dirtbag on Manchester United, Wayne Rooney. <laughs> I think you mean Wayne Roonepig. Wayne Roonepig. All right, so Brandon. Josh, how did, how did you do? How did you do Game Week 5? Let's go through the numbers, the nitty-gritty. Yeah, uh, I did uh, pretty poorly. I have to say, I had, I had a, a mostly red arrows, uh, except for the except for the fifty buck cup. I was uh, doing pretty poorly all week. I I had fifty four points, but I, I took a four point hit. I I have to admit, I was a little. I, I waited as long as possible to make my decisions. Then I kind of scrambled at the end, and I was convinced that I wasn't going to get any points from my defenders. And I felt so confident that Leighton Baines was going to get some attacking points. I saw this G-chat. transpire over G Chat in the matter of five <laughs> minutes. It was the yeah. quickest point burning ex- escalation i've seen in a long time i was so mad at myself like as i was doing it i was like this is a bad decision this is, i even tweeted it out afterwards i was like this is a bad decision and you know 25 minutes in the Everton match it proved to be a bad decision uh but you know what it's only four points how, how long can i get worded you know i, I would have started a mod who picked up two uh so i did it cost me exactly four points and despite my to, advice well, to you to start george friend for for exactly yeah. what happened is this potential I know. So, you know, it was just in the end, though, I did Captain Lukaku and, uh, you know, I had Belasi and um, I brought in Nolito, uh, which was very disappointing. <laughs> and Jamie Vardy, like a good idea for a for a short while. Everyone keeps talking about what a terrible season Jamie Vardy has. But I picked up eight point six points and six points from him in the last three game weeks. Uh, you know, tw- he's averaging, you know, just shy of seven points the last three weeks. He's, he's done fine for me. I can uh, think of I, one striker in particular who he's scoring more than. 
Yeah, seriously. Uh, so he is. Uh, so I, you know, fifty four. It was okay, uh, and I was I was down in most of my leagues, and um, but whatever. I wasn't down that much. You know, I don't even know what the average was this week, but I, I think I must have been a little right around it. I would think. Do you know uh, what the average? The was? average was forty eight points. Okay, so yeah, just just over the average. So uh, uh, speak, yeah. speaking of the average, uh, I came in. Well, do you have anything else you want to say about your team? Uh, just that I, I I am my wild card is now active. So Ooh. I am. I'm looking for. I'm looking for players. Scanning <laughs> the waiver if you're, wire. If you're a player and you want to be on Josh's team, send him a note. He'll he'll get back <laughs> to you. Yeah, uh, 48 is the average, and I came in at a a shocking 43 points. And uh, this was the week, Josh, where my hilarious Sam Vokes pick up front became distinctly not hilarious. Yeah, your uh, art school project, <laughs> Sam Vokes. I mean, I'll, I, I, I knew in my heart of hearts, it was very obvious that uh, an easy swap from Vokes to Ineacho was the way to go. But I decided to hold on to a free transfer so I could go into this game week six with two frees to, get, to make it easy to get Aguero back without burning any points. Uh, yeah, but in the process... The, it's, yeah, it's the free transfer dilemma. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I will, for this entire season, hold out hope that there will be at least two more worldies to come from my man Sam Vokes. But I, I hate to say I might not own him uh, to, to, to gather those points. Anyway, how, so how many more weeks I, are you going to give him? Like 15, 20 or... Maybe just like twelve to fourteen. What's so your What's your range? That that festive rotation, festive period rotation, I think <laughs> is going to really favor Sam Vokes. So I'd be a fool to to not keep him until at the end of December. Game week twenty two. Yeah, that sounds yeah. about right. I mean, once again, Kyle Walker took a kind of terrible game week for me and made it somewhat palatable. Eight points. That right. guy is a machine right now. Captain yeah. Ibra, as as we mentioned, I get. 10 points there. I did have a pretty good start to the game week. I, I kept Costa. I'm one of the few Costa, not Lukaku people. And somehow Costa contrived to not get a bonus point that seemed to be coming to him at the end of the game. But of yeah. course, Dejan Lovren, goal machine that he is, uh, he he uh, he welched that gun, that, that bonus point off of Diego. What a Costa. great... There were, there were three... I liked all three of the goals in that game. The, the Lovren run where he basically... He basically picked it off Sonny's uh, or Mane's toe. Um, Who would have been offside? Oh, really? Is that right? Yeah, I believe and, so. Uh, yeah, uh, Henderson, uh, great goal, obviously. And uh, but the Costa goal was kind of fun too, and it was created by Modic, who was had a pretty terrible game otherwise. He sure did. He he destroyed that Chelsea that Chelsea performance. I think. Last I'll say is another one to uh, put in that group of dodgy Opta decisions. Jason Punchin, I was awarded probably what was the least dubious Opta change this game week is he got a second assist. He was credited for a second assist late in the game. So I mean, are they, are they still, yeah, are they still even using Opta? Like, I don't know how Opta would give Ibrahimovic the goal on that, on that man. Yeah. Yeah. The assist, excuse me. There are lots of conspiracy theories out there that there were a lot of people, Enough people bitching about Lukaku's goal credit the day before that they decided to even things out by getting yeah, I, the assist. I don't know if I believe that. I never, I never believe that kind of stuff. That that seems like like conspiracy theories talk. But I, I it is, it is a strange one for sure. Um, so, you know, whatever. Yeah, you know, 
<laughs> like, yeah, you know, we can't change it. And I, I, it's just, this is like how it is, right? Like there's no, yeah. it, is, it doesn't change anything. It wouldn't like, uh, there's, it's not like, like there's like some players that I haven't been buying because they don't tend to get credited for assists or something. You know, it's, uh, I don't, you know, I don't think it really, like, is there any one player that you would find uh, more valuable if they're starting to count uh, pseudo assists more often? <laughs> I can't think of any off the top of my head. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure there are some. So, so I had a pretty poor game week. You had a average game week. Let's talk about the managers that had phenomenal game weeks because the only way to get into the top ten of the Hail Cheaters Super League is to have a phenomenal game week. And side note, you can still join the Hail Cheaters Super League. Go to our website, alwayscheating.com. Click the league tab, or the join code is on every piece of social media that we have out there. And I was I was very excited. I was looking at the top ten a moment ago, and I saw a very old friend is in the top ten. I was pretty excited about that. Yeah. So Should let's I, let's get yeah get into it. Why don't you I, you tend not to stutter over words as much as I do. So why don't you go ahead and, and name the top ten here, Brandon? Okay. Let's see if I can do this without screwing up. All right. Number one, <laughs> Splee Splorb Gloria Prieto keeps the top spot with a game week score of fifty seven, and she has a, a beautiful three hundred and thirty three total point. Uh, score, which I, I do enjoy. Second place, the Cuddly Koalas, David Felheim's squad. He's got 61 points on the game week. Third place, Bayer Levin Schweem. That's David Sheffield's very difficult. I think it's Shulme. Shulme? Okay. The uh, the L looks a little bit like an I on my, on my, <laughs> uh, on my screen. All right, fourth place, the Kuyate Kid, Wayne Joseph. I do love that name. 78 points. That's a big game week score for Wayne Joseph. Fifth place team named Chuck Bass. That's Ala Dosky's team. Sixth place, Lads on Torre, Nick Forster. Coming in in seventh, it's Cookie Dough Movie. No, <laughs> Movich? Cookie Dough Movich. I think okay. you might have to you might, you might have to Apple Plus the text on your Brandon, or, or buy a better pair of bifocals. I don't know, one of the two. <laughs> All right, I've just I've just zoomed in on my screen so I can see it a little clearer. Oh my god, I'm so old and decrepit. All right, all right, yeah, Iter 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 Stedebo with Cookie. Domovich is in seventh place. Eighth place, Tekker Slovakia, Adam Jacques, that's eighth place. In ninth place, in ninth place, Mitchell Maynard with his team BTSTU. So I'm very excited to see this, Brandon, because Mitch Maynard has been posting some of the great bad photoshops on the uh, on the always cheating Facebook page for a long time. And uh, I, I do actually bad photoshops. He actually does pretty good photoshops. <laughs> uh, but I think it's more fun to call him a bad photoshop in general, right? It's like you sort of you play down the expectations. Uh, yeah, you, he, you have to under-promise, over-deliver. It's still his his the Marshall last year with Anthony Marshall and the Martian head. It was beautiful. And it yeah, so Mitch, the bar is raised. Let's get a bad Photoshop this week. I want to see it. All right. Let's not gloss over 10th place. The last mention Thor's top four value. Thor Vidal. He had a game week score of 58. So there is your top 10 of the Hale Cheaters Super League. Congratulations to all of you. Yeah, a few new names this week. I was excited to see. Uh, you know, some people are hanging on still. You know, Thor and Gloria and and uh, Nick this with his unusually sounding lads on Torre, which still to me sounds like sounds like some sort of club, some sort of a porno film, perhaps. Some, some sort of yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, 
Brandon, meltdowns of the week. We have two. First one comes from old, old, longtime listener, Uppercut Panda. Says, I need a timeout, guys. Four AC Showstoppers losses in a row. Why always me? That's a tough one, man. Four, four in a row. It goes back to our earlier question, is, is FPL fun? It, re- it really stops being fun at that point. <laughs> yeah, it does. I felt a little bit of this last year, actually, in our, our 50-buck cup. I think I, I, think I might have lost like eight or nine in a row at one point. And uh, it was, it was yeah, the highest. Yeah. It was the highest I've ever been, and I've done crystal <laughs> meth, so not really. Uh, I did. I lost mine this week as well. I lost to uh, Jeremiah Johnson, and I lost pretty pretty handily. I think it was one of those times when I I was trying to do the math, and I was like, even if Nathan Rubin goes for like five goals, I think I'm still going <laughs> to lose this week. Yeah, yeah. Likewise, I took a bad beating at the hands of Jacob Roberts. So, Jacob, if you're listening, congratulations. That's a good win for you. Uh, Owen O'Keefe says, I messed up my team so bad, made two panic transfers to regret, leaving Kane at his own up front, and now he's injured. I can't believe that Kane at his own up front. That's that's really, that's a bold move, especially with uh, Lukaku in the form he's in. Owen O'Keefe must have, like, the most boss midfield of all time, then, if he's just playing Kane up there. But, uh, yeah, I think I saw that Kane is looking like he's going to be out for about two months now with Oh, is it that long? Ankle ligament damage. Yeah, Yeah. that really, you know, that does change the game uh, quite a bit. I mean, really excuse. I mean, if if anybody was on the fence of bringing an Aguero now, if Kane's out for that long, it's really going to uh, bring all of the all the money together and just a few forwards. I think it's going to be pretty clustered. You know, you're going to see a lot of a lot of uh, Costa Lukaku combinations, uh, Aguero Costa Lukaku, uh, Ibrahimovic Costa Lukaku. It's really, you know, lots of. it's going to be a lot of expensive front lines, I think. The the rich just keep getting richer, don't they, Josh? Mm, don't they? Don't they indeed, Brandon? All right, so we promised it last week, and we're here to update our clean sheet watch. Here we're uh, accumulating data over now the, not just two, but last three seasons uh, of clean sheets. Now, just to run through what we mean by this, and Josh, then you can speak to our actual data here. Clean sheets, there are 20 possible clean sheets per game week. You've got 10 matches, two teams involved in each, and each team has the potential to get a clean sheet. Therefore, 20 possible clean sheets per game week. We're through right. five weeks. That's 100 clean sheets up for grabs. Exactly. So it makes it nice, nice and easy to look at these numbers. Uh, in 2014, uh, through the, for the first five game weeks, we had uh, 29 clean sheets out of 100, a 29% clean sheet rate. Uh, last year, that went up to 33%. In uh, this year, it's down to 21%. So we've had 21 clean sheets this year. It's down 12 from the year before. And still too early to use the great cliche. It's still a small sample size. But clean sheets are definitely down this year. And the question is whether it's a um, you know, a, a statistical blip or whether it's going to keep happening. But I do think that if we continue to see this trend, I, I, I do wonder if it, if it augurs for uh, really investing in, uh, in fullbacks as opposed to center backs, because um, at least you have, the, you, have the, you have the opportunity for that George Friend, you know, rando, rando assist, which kind of a weird goal anyway. You know, it's crazy that, like, I, 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 did you watch that? Explain to me what uh, happened on that George Friend goal. Uh, yeah, uh, Stecklenburg got fouled by Alvaro Negredo. It's as simple as that. So George Friend crosses the ball in, and Stecklenburg collects it, and as he's collecting it, Negredo just he- puts his head into Stecklenburg's hands and knocks the ball clean out of his hands. So, okay. I, I mean, I'll admit that maybe it's difficult for the ref to see that in, in some way, but, uh, yeah, that was just it was a fluke, total fluke. 
Gotcha. Which, well, which, anyway, I mean, so uh, Opta, Opta will tell you it's a fluke because Negredo is not credited with the goal. It's an own right. goal, and Friend gets the assist. Negredo had nothing to do with it. Yeah, it seemed especially brutal, didn't it? Uh, all right, so anyway, that's where we are with clean sheets, and uh, yeah, we'll keep updating every week. Okay, Josh, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back, and, and as you say, we'll get into the meat of this podcast. Same old podcast, always cheating. Okay, Josh, we're back, and we have a lot of questions uh, online. You can find us at Hail Cheaters on Twitter or Facebook.com slash always cheating. We have a lot of questions on this pod about your front line. So Aguero's going to be back in game week six, and some of you guys, some of you you crazy people are on your wild card right now. That's so true. What, what best to do with uh, getting Aguero back in, or do we get him back in at all? So the uh, template right now, Josh, it looks like Kuhn, Ibra, Lukaku. It's very expensive. It's yeah. A lot of money. Is it the template? I mean, I... I it's it's probably what I'm going to end up with, but I do think that there's a lot of people who are, are trying to find an alternative because that that is just too much money. It feels like okay, so there's there's really I feel like this 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 Aguero section of the podcast is really it's the question that everyone's debating this week, and you have to decide whether you're going to go with the Kuhn Ibra Aguero front line or if you're going to move Ibra into um, into Brocktoon. Right. Yes. You know, and so what which which, you know, which changes everything, really. I mean, you're sort of you're letting Ibra go. And the question is whether that's whether that's something you want to deal with or not. So let's get into some of these questions. Uh, Adam Jacques says, uh, is Josh going all in on his front line? Um, and then if you I think he's talking to you, Brandon, uh, we're on a wild card. Would you be trying to bring uh, trying to get De Bruyne in? And the well, question he's, is, he's not talking to me because I already uh, foolishly played my wild card. Uh, yeah, you gotta be like, you gotta feel a little, little burned right now. Are you, are you, are you, well, are you okay, okay with it? And preparing for the podcast is sort of like a preparing for a presidential debate. I, I knew this question would come up and I stand by the fact that, um, I didn't make a mistake playing my wild card when I did. I okay. just, I have just been burned by building my midfield around Hazard and Ozil. That is that is the so mistake far. that I made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so far, so far so. yeah. I do think the the Vokes thing. I think I am rightly giving you some grief for, but I think uh, other than that, I, I actually liked your team when I when I saw it. Uh, you know, I mean, and really, it's worked. I mean, Punchin and and Walker have both worked out great. So you know, it could be could be worse. Yeah, I mean, I did have Walker before I triggered the wild card. So yeah, yeah but Punch- you kept him. You avoided the temptation. That's true. <laughs> Punchin was worth triggering that wild card alone. Sometimes it's hard when you play a wild card not to just change everybody on your team. You know, it's yeah. like you could just it's like maybe I can just get I can get a one percent better player in every single position. There's uh, a scene so, in uh, Seinfeld where Elaine's dating a med student and uh, he's unable right. to pass the, the final exam to become a doctor. And Elaine helps him pass the exam. And finally, when he passes, he dumps Elaine because he says, Elaine, the whole promise of becoming a doctor is getting uh, getting able to dump whoever you're dating and, and upgrade, find somebody better. Right. Bob, so, Bob Odenkirk, right? Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. So the que- to answer his question, uh, Adam's question, uh, I am going all in on my front line. That's really the plan right now. Um, I, I got Lukaku cheap, and I feel great about getting him cheap because I think he, he could be getting close to 10, I would think, by the time. Uh, by the time the first week of October rolls around him, if he if he's bringing in what was it seventeen points uh, in game week four, uh, 12, 12 points in game week five, and they have like 
They have all ones on the, on the horizon as I the, as I start to get used list. to the, the rating list. I have to say, yeah. I at first I thought that was a little. I didn't know if I liked it that much because it's so big and blocky, but I, I really it's a useful like quick reference. I don't think it should be taken too seriously, but it's a quick guide. You know, it's sort of has like, it has okay, it blue, adapted. Red. Has it adapted at all as the season has gone? Like has Stoke progressively transformed from a gray <laughs> to a bright green or a dark that, green? Because yeah, I don't think is, it has. And if it if it were to change color in real time based on team's form, then it would truly be useful. That's true. If, if anybody knows if they're planning to do that, please let us know. I'd love to know the answer to that question. Uh, I am so I'm planning to go with the big front line right now. I I still have a lot of faith in Ibrahimovic, and we're going to talk more about Ibrahimovic in a minute. Uh, De Bruyne, I am not feeling as good about, and you know, there's, uh, uh, in po- in Poch, we we trust. Uh, asked if De Bruyne was this year's Ozil, and to me, I. I just think that when Aguero's back, he's going to be taking a lot of De Bruyne's points. I mean, I know that Aguero's not in free kicks, and uh, but I, I just it doesn't seem to you like De Bruyne is a little more aggressive. Maybe he's being asked to be more aggressive, but it does seem like he's being a little more aggressive with Aguero out that he was taking on more of the attack and responsibility. And I yeah, don't I, know that he'll I, still have that when when Aguero's back. I do agree. He's definitely flattered the last two game weeks where he's had a goal and an assist in each. And it's no coincidence that Aguero is not playing in both of those. But still, he's got four four assists in a row. And on the form he's in, if he keeps it up, and if he starts linking directly with Aguero, then that is a uh, most valuable player caliber. It's true, but but for 2.1 million cheaper, I think, is, is the going rate right now. You could get Raheem Sterling, who is really having a, a breakout season. He looks fantastic. And I, I, I can't even tell you how annoyed I was that I decided to bring in Nolito instead of uh, Raheem Sterling. I just thought, you know, Sterling played in the Champions League in midweek. Nolito was rested. Um, I figured he Nolito was going to be on for the whole match, uh, which I suppose he would have been if he hadn't uh, picked up at a ludicrous red card. Uh, at the end, so if I was on the fence at all about wildcarding, I was certainly going to be wildcarding once. Uh, once I, you know, I actually activated my wildcard almost as soon as the three o'clock matches started because I decided I was going to do this wildcard right this time and take advantage of every price rise I yeah. possibly could. Right. So um, I've, I've been bringing in players who I'm not even planning to have in my team <laughs> by the end of the week just so that I can bank that you know that tenth here and there. Yeah. So um, no, yeah. Even- I, I, yeah, oh, sorry. Just uh, so, I, I, yeah. At ten point, I think you know De Bruyne is at what ten four now. Maybe uh, at that price, I just don't think that. Um, I, not if you're going to have an expensive front line. I, I can't have Aguero, Ibra, and Lukaku and have a bunch of ten million players uh, in my midfield. It's just it's just not going to work. Uh, even even if even if more Etienne Capoues come out of the woodwork, I still don't know if I can manage it. Uh, by the way, I am now a proud Etienne Capoue owner. The, one of the first players, one of the first players I brought in my wild card was Capoue. I mean, come on. Like, it's almost it's, it's almost like getting your student ID at school FPL. Like, <laughs> uh, have you got your Kapua yet? You're going to need it to get into the cafeteria. If I was at all on the fence about it, like in the 75th minute of the Man U, uh, the the Man U Watford match, uh, free kick. Everybody clears out. It is only Kapue taking this free kick, standing alone over the ball. I mean, if he's taking free kicks at the edge of the box now, he is clearly. At the very least, playing a lot more further forward than he was before. Not I mean, only I, was he standing over the ball, but like Dragon Ball Z-esque bolts <laughs> of lightning were shooting out of his body as he was standing over it. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Aiden at Royal Swords and also Martin Ewer on uh, Twitter also asked the question of the Kuhn-Ebert-Lukaku front line. Now, I 
have Diego Costa up front. So I, I'm sitting on Sam Vokes, the hilarious jokester that is Sam Vokes, um, Ibra, and Costa. So I have, um, I have a real dilemma on my hands here. I'm definitely bringing Aguero in, but I guess the, the ultimate question is, do I stick with Costa or not? Because the fixtures coming up for Chelsea are a little dicey. However, Costa's in form. Uh, do you have any feelings one way or the other about Diego Costa? Well, I, I mean, I think he's a lot more engaged. Um, I, the, the, the issue this season is that there, there are just there are so many points. The points are so spread this season that it's, it, you know, it's it's a, what actually makes it more fun than last year. I mean, it's it's actually impossible to have all of the goal scoring forwards because, I mean, someone like Troy Deeney is so intriguing. You know, uh, Luke Thunberg on Twitter has been going on about Deeney this weekend. It makes a pretty convincing argument that. You know, the fixtures are good. Dini's cheap. You can move someone like Ibra into Dini, and that gives you $4 million that you can play around with in your midfield. Um, it's it's a compelling argument. And um, so I don't know, but, you know, but it's so someone like Costa, I think, is interesting, but I don't rate him more highly than than Lukaku, who I sort of think of as his closest comparison. And I don't rate him as highly as Ibrahimovic. Uh, and I certainly don't rate him as highly as uh, Brachtoon. So. Uh, kind of, he, so he's sort of on the outside looking in for me. I mean, I guess yeah. if I could have four, if I if I could have four forwards, I would think about it. But I was, uh, I, yeah. I, I I felt a Doesn't little better work. watching that Liverpool game because Costa looked very uh, dialed in. He looked, uh, he didn't look, he didn't look as emotional, um, and maybe that's to his detriment. Maybe that's why he only ends up with six points instead of twelve points. Um, he's also on three yellow cards already. So he's he's going to miss a game at some point in the next three or four weeks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, probably if he's on, yeah. if he stays in his current pace, he likely will. But I, I do think it, it, suddenly now with Arsenal and uh, Chelsea, you're thinking about these teams as differentials because everyone's dropping Costa and Hazard. Even though it looks like people are bringing Costa in instead of dropping him because of his form. Yeah, I mean, I guess the I, I guess if you had some money in your if you had some money in your bank, I mean, it gets so technical, you know. But if you had, if you had some money in your bank, uh, then you could you could move Ibra into Costa, and that would free up like one point six million. And then I guess you could wait. Now that doesn't really work, does it? I don't I don't know. It's basically there's like a million different ways to bring uh, Aguero in. For me, I'm planning to go with the very heavy front line. I mean, over 30 million invest in the front line. It's more than I would typically want to do by by far. Uh, but I just think it's, you know, I think that all three of those players have been really consistent. I mean, even even if Ibrahimovic has been sort of disappointing, um, it just feels like, you know, as someone said, um, uh, AM, AMHA uh, 9 United says, uh, do you agree with everyone transferring Ibra out or do you think it's a knee-jerk move? Uh, Manu versus Stoke in game week seven. And that Stoke fixture is very tempting, and sometimes I think there's a, there's a mistake that you can make in holding on to somebody for one particular fixture, like sort of like waiting through a bad stretch. I kind of did that with Jamie Vardy, where I was really I was sort of holding that hope because of this Burnley fixture. Uh, and it turned out that Salmani was going to like vulture all of it. I shouldn't say vulture, but because he looked awesome, uh, but Salmani ended up getting the points that Vardy may have had otherwise, you know, and so. Um, it's an interesting question whether Slomani sort of ruins Vardy's value as a as a forward. I mean, he's you know one point five million more. I know we're going to talk about Slomani later, but it's it's interesting. I think El Magico puts it perfectly. He tweeted at us: "Do you ditch Zlatan, or does Zlatan ditch you?" So okay, I I, I know what my forward line is going to be. What are you? How are you bringing uh, Aguero in? What's your current plan right now? 
My current plan comes down to uh, one of two uh, decisions. Either I drop Hazard and uh, turn Costa into Aguero, so then I've got Aguero, Ibra, and then I have to decide whether or not to play Vokes. Or the plan would be to burn four points and do three transfers. Okay, that is like head spinningly complicated, but I, <laughs> I, I think I do understand what you're saying. Yeah, so it's it's, it's a tricky one, but you're you're bringing Aguero back for sure. Would you consider any of the Tridinis, any of the um, Bentekes, uh, a yeah. Wilford Boney, perhaps? I mean, Stoke, as terrible as they've looked, have some pretty good fixtures coming up. They do, even though Bonnie has looked uh, as dreadful as he's ever looked. And I know that the team he's surrounded by is awful, but any touch that Bonnie had um, in the match this weekend was was nothing to recommend him on. But I can't ben believe Peke, Houston. Sorry, I was just gonna say I can't believe Houston didn't get fired um, at the end of that Crystal Palace match. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> right? I mean, two terrible matches in a row. I guess. I mean, have any players come out to say? Hughes is an idiot, and we refuse to play for him. I that I they don't they don't have a lot of sharp guys on that team. I don't I don't want to give them enough credit that they're actually playing against Hughes. I mean, let's let's face it. The, the Stoke team is is fascinating mostly because it's like the island of misfit toys, right? It's all of these fantastic, super talented players who have washed out of every big team. You know, you got someone like Shakiri played at Bayern Munich. Someone like. Uh, Boyan, who came through the was it the Barcelona youth system uh, or Real Madrid, one of the two. Um, <laughs> I think that's right. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, you have uh, someone like Arnatovic, who's always, sort of always dreamed of, of being something more than more than he is. Uh, you know, Boney washed out of Manchester City. <laughs> He's dreamed of being something more than he is. <laughs> this is like Arnatovic is like he would like wouldn't sign a con- he like signed, he scored like two goals in a row last year. Uh, for Stoke, and suddenly he's like floating, like he would he would never sign a contract extension. He's waiting to move to a bigger club. It's like it was just like t- like totally high handed move from from Arnautovic. Uh, so I, I just think that these are not these are players that need to be seriously motivated in order to be at their best, right? They're they're at Stoke because they couldn't make it work at a bigger club. And I, I don't mean to disparage Stoke when I say this. I actually think it's a it's a very interesting strategy to try to bring all these guys in. I mean, why not, right? It's a unique strategy. It's like it's like Newcastle with all the like young French talent. You know, like sometimes it works. Um, but I, I think that if they dropped Hughes, that team could look a lot better. I mean, just somebody, right? Anybody, just like a player's coach or something. I don't know what they need exactly, but uh, I don't think Hughes is long for that team. All right, that's enough for Stoke Corner. Uh, <laughs> so, but, but back to the back to the front line. Sorry, um, that was a I don't I, I don't want us to get. Well, I'm not going to get locked into the template Ibra uh, Lukaku Aguero obviously because I can't get locked into it but also it's just what everyone is saying the points are completely spread around so far this season this your front line is the perfect opportunity to take a punt on somebody like Dini or Benteke or, or somebody else of that ilk Slimani and still reap as many points as your neighbor who has that templated front line if we can call call it that yeah. much I I I watched him at Leicester match. I thought Slimani looked fantastic. I, I think he's really a player to watch for. I mean, eight point five esque, Harry yeah. esque. Yeah, he looked fantastic. Uh, okay, so uh, we had a couple more questions about Ebro. I think we kind of answered them a little bit. But uh, Joe at Just Float, who I've got included in here because she was very nice to us on Twitter last week, and I have soft spot like for anybody. Nice people. Who, and yeah, anybody who says anything friendly to me, I'm really. Uh, 
a friend for life. So she said, uh, what do you think? Started with Aguero Ibra, but debating dropping Ibra to bring Aguero back in. Uh, she should have written Brock Toon, actually. The fact that she didn't write Brock Toon means I should have dropped the question. Uh, <laughs> foolish. Oh, Joe, Joe says, watch, watch. Yeah, you're, on, you're on thin ice there, Joe. <laughs> uh, having both equals weak midfield. And this is really the, the issue that people have. But I, I think that a weak midfield is not a problem this year because there's so much value to be found in the $5 million to $7.5 million range. Just so many interesting options. I guess I, I actually think Lamella long-term is still a good option. It's just been a weird couple of weeks. He came back from the internationals and, um, I don't really know why he didn't start this match. I thought it was a little strange, but I guess it's to just want to keep the squad fresh. His makeup uh, wasn't but, ready. <laughs> but, uh, Antonio looks fantastic. Uh, Sandy Cazorla. I, apparently he's back in penalties now per, uh, Arsene Wenger's press conference. Uh, so, um, lots of interesting options. There. Right. Gun to your head, Josh, Jim Payne asks, if it comes down to Ibra or Aguero, hypothetically, which right. decision do you make? Easy decision, Aguero all day long because he's fixture proof. He can score in any match. I'm not even going to answer that question, Jim. <laughs> go ahead and sh- go ahead and pull that trigger, Jim. <laughs> I won't even dignify it with a response. Kevin Mann says another Aguero question. Uh, that should actually be a question mark. It's an exclamation point. Is he worth an eight point hit? Uh, I have Ibrahimovic, Costa, and Lukaku. Who to drop? Uh, sad that I fear Brock Tune. No, that he's not worth an eight point hit. I, I, not for what I, I mean, I know that a way to a way to Swansea is a great match, but I not not if you're dropping those three players. I I don't know. I mean, Kevin Mubich is at home to Leicester, which is a perfectly decent fixture. Lukaku is a great fixture away to Bournemouth. You could absolutely get away with captaining Lukaku this game week. Absolutely. And I, uh, yeah, and Costa, you know, Costa's look good. He scored in almost every match. I don't understand how you get yourself into a situation where you have to take an eight-point hit to get Aguero in. <laughs> Not if you have those three players already, right? Oh, it 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 uh, could conceivably be a wash, but there, there is the uh, overwhelming threat of an Aguero five-goal game. No, always that is you can't, it's it's always in common, but that 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 kind of thinking is is why. You left. Why well, you started Sam Vokes this week? Because you you knew you had to bring in Aguero this game week. Aguero makes this game insane. Like it, it's everything revolves around him, and we all do like feats of foolishness because we have to have Aguero. Uh, mm-hmm. It's I do not think that an eight point hit is worthwhile to bring in Aguero. Not when you can do it the following week for you know, for a free transfer. But I don't know. I I don't really understand how that team would work that even an eight point hit with those players, but. The um, definition of foolishness is starting Sam Vokes when you have Etienne Kapoue on your bench. That that yeah. is the definition right there. All right, we've spent. Did you, uh, did you wait, think about that? By the way, just as I, I was curious, did you think about starting uh, Kapoue? No, I didn't think about starting him. I did not at all. Um, yeah, I mean, you had the double menu defensive coverage too. I did. You, you don't want to wish a goal against your your own defense. And also, you know, like everybody else, there are lots of question marks about how how far Kapoe goes. But I, I feel like at this point now, you uh, we all did this with Kane two seasons ago. Uh, there was a certain amount of this with Vardy or or Mares last season. If you were too slow to get on board, and yeah. not I'm I'm not saying that Kapoe is Kane, Mares, Vardy. I'm not saying that, but. Uh, there is always the breaking point at which everyone gets gets him in and loses that fear of starting. 
he has four goals and five goal attempts. It's, it, I mean, if, if you score on 25% of your goal attempts, you're a world-class player. Uh, if you score scoring 80%, it's just, you're, you're very lucky. So I, I, he, but he's also playing farther forward. Clearly he's on free kicks, apparently, at least sometimes. Uh, and he's so cheap that you, like, like you said, you have to bring him in. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's essential. Right. Okay, so we've spent a lot of time talking about strikers, people up front, Josh. Uh, since a lot of people are triggering their wild card this week to get Aguero back in, we thought we would really quickly go through uh, a spine of a quintessential FPL team. Mohamed Al Kiasi on Twitter asked, "That is it. Wild card activated. Can't wait for the optimizer and must owns the optimizer. That's one for a long time. Fans have always cheating. What would be your team main bone? One GK, one defender, one mid." And one striker. I like main bone. Main bone. He, he probably could. He, character count. Character count probably didn't allow him to put uh, backbone in there. Okay, I'm going to yeah. assume. Oh, that's that main... I just learned it. Learned a new uh, phrase. <laughs> well, main bone with the space between is actually longer than backbone. So it is. Um... Anyway, uh, all right. Uh, let's go. Let's go. Goal, let's, let's let's go. Spine spine up. All right. So goalkeeper. I wrote. Uh, no one essential. I don't think there's any one goalkeeper you have to have. If I had to have one, money wasn't an option. I would have De Gea. Yeah, I mean, De Gea is the safe bet, but heck, man, Jordan Pickford, he, is he up to 4.1 now? But that guy was a beast against Spurs. And if you're looking to save money, put Pickford in and he'll be a Fabianski esque GK and just help you out yeah. with save points. I totally agree. And they have a couple of home fixtures coming up, too, where they it's at least conceivable they can keep a clean sheet. Uh, I like Pickford a lot, too. I, I'm definitely looking at him for my fantasy team. All right. Defender. Um, I wrote Man U Defender. You know, I almost wrote no one essential for this one as well. I'm starting to worry a little bit about about Man U. There's some, I don't know, a little bit of rotation happening, possibly. I, I just don't know. You know, they've lost three matches in a row, and I don't know if it's anything that we have to be worried about or if it's just a a blip on the radar screen and they're going to go back to being the team they were before. But I mean, they haven't looked so hot the last couple of games. They really haven't. And I don't think the defense has done any favors by the attack being so complacent. So I yeah. think that they're having to receive a lot more attacks. The defense menu defense is having to receive a lot more than they, they should yeah. typically. So if they can shore up that attack, then yeah. I think the def- defense will profit. So, yeah, too early to tell there. Yeah, for me, I, 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 yeah go ahead. Sorry. For, for me, it's Tottenham defense. And, and yeah, that's uh, biased because they benefited so much from Kyle Walker. But the clean sheets do speak for themselves. They've let in. They've conceded the fewest goals in the league, I think, two so far this season. And, you know, if if they can all keep from getting hamstrings in the 80th minute for in, in – Future games, I think their defense looks like a must-have. That's interesting. And is Hugo Lloris, am I right in thinking that he's actually priced at $5 million? Uh, I doubt that is the case. Let me just pop on the old uh, the old stats page here, Brandon, if you'll, if you'll indulge me for a moment. Uh, no, he's 5.4. That, that's too bad. If you, if you were $5 million, I think he'd be very uh, – a Lloris-Pickford uh, combination would be great. But at 5.4, it's a – it's a bit too rich for my blood. Yeah, I mean, what what I would say about Loris is he he's always he's always inessential because Spurs classically have such great attacking defenders. Yeah, uh, Alderweireld is is really expensive, but if you're looking at Danny Rose, if he when he gets healthy again, or Kyle Walker, I think they offer the chance to get a lot more points because of the attack. 
Yeah, that's true. I mean, it goes back to what we said at the start, but I, I you know, I think for Tongan at 5.5 is a, is a pretty good buy as well. I mean, he's, uh, He's the cheapest way into that team right now with Walker up to 5.8. And uh, he's picked up bonus points on a couple different occasions already this season. So, you know, and he can score a little bit. I mean, you know, he's been known to um, – God, has he been in the league for five years now? I'm shocked. His numbers go back to 2012, 2013. All the way back. Uh, You pull up his yearbook photo. Yeah, he had five goals and three assists in his first season. That's wild. That is some wild stuff. All right, midfield, Josh. Who is who is essential in your in your bone in your main bone for the midfield? Yeah, so I struggled with this one a little bit. I, I think that Kapue, I guess, is the one who who stands. I can't believe I'm saying this. I mean, given all we've said in earlier podcasts, but I'm finally sold. You know, I, I mean, I I still don't think you need to start him every game week, but I mean, a, a, you never find 4.5 million or whatever he's up to now, 4.8 million midfielders who offer the kind of goal threat that he I mean, like when they do they become legendary players there's a reason we still talk about George Boyd all the time you know because if there's a super cheap player who can deliver it is yeah. it is it is such a it's such a rare gem you it's know? infuriating though because it presents you immediately with the benching headache <laughs> every week we've seen a few really teams online um, since the game week ended and people are, are doing their wild card and it's just midfield bench headaches forever with Kapoor if I were if I were talking just in the short term, I guess I might add a West Ham midfielder to that too. Uh, I was Lanzini was, took the penalty, which I was a little surprised by. I, but he is playing again. He's a pretty cheap way into that team if you don't have a lot of money to spread around. Uh, Antonio is still very cheap though too. So yeah, uh, and, and Piat looks so good. Like he came back like like he like last season's form. Like he suddenly has it back again. Uh, it's just hard to work him into your team given his price. Yeah, and you do hope that that team doesn't become utterly demoralized by the the shape of their defense and what's going on with their manager right now. But yeah, so that that would give me slight pause. Even though you cannot argue with Antonio's numbers, that guy is just like hulking out on yeah, FPL to- right now. Totally on for, fire. Yeah. For me, I'm kind of dodging the question and saying Manchester City coverage is uh, for your main <laughs> bone. But take Raheem Sterling for instance. And the the uh, the Pep's reputed rotation. Now, even if Sterling misses a game week here and a game week there, he's still going to come back and give you a 13-point game week. And if you average that out, his form is still going to be somewhere around six or seven, um, maybe throughout the season. And you yeah. could still you could still carry a guy like Raheem Sterling, even if you only get a substitution out of him every once in a while. His managers are certainly being managed completely differently than they were last year. I mean, he's he's you know started every match this season. He's played the full ninety in four to five matches. So uh, yeah, I, I think um, I guess we'll just have to see with Sterling. I mean, we we, we know that Pep's going to rotate a little bit, but. Um, yeah, I, I'm definitely leaning. I'm certainly looking at him for my for my midfield right now. I mean, I, you know, we didn't even mention we're actually going to get to them in a minute. But you know, Liverpool uh, has a lot of sort of like a like a fun option at every price. You know, <laughs> like, and no matter what you're looking for, they've got an option for it. It's like you. going to a car lot. Like, oh, what are you looking to spend? Oh, we can fit. We can get you. We can have you driving out of this lot in something today. Just let me know how much you're willing to spend. I mean, the player that I'm most intrigued by in that midfield is actually Sadio Mane, who is the fourth highest. I'm shocked to hear this. Sadio Mane, where does this come from? (laughs) Out of of left field. 
I know. I mean, I feel like the goals haven't quite come yet, but he just he looks like the most lethal part of that team. Uh, yeah, so Sadio Mane, nine million, the most expensive player in that team, though. But you have, you know, James Milner at six point five million. Looks like he's really involved in the game. I, I guess he's going to stay at left back for and, now and can take the occasional penalty. Yeah, I wish Wijnaldum was cheaper, but at seven point eight, I think he's he's priced himself out a little bit. Josh, you're, you're getting way ahead of us in the running order. I am. You're already, all right, all right. Well, I just, I, I'm answering, I'm, you know, it's a midfield question. Okay. Uh, forwards. <laughs> well, strikers. Okay, yeah. Well, I think we agree on this one. Sam Vokes. Yes, exactly. The, 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 the Vokester himself. The jokester Vokester. <laughs> uh, it's it's yeah. Brocktoon, obviously. It's obviously Brocktoon, yes. We want to put him in a jar and captain him every game week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as as we were speaking about strikers just now, Josh, I got a uh, push notification that Ibra is ninety percent due for a price fall already. So people are dropping this guy like a bad habit. That to me is very. I mean, I I, I guess we've already talked about it a bit. But I mean, do you like if, if you had to flip a, like or I don't know, flip a coin? What's the word? If you were a betting man, would you bet that you you still had Ibra at the end of the at the end of your transfers this week? At the end of your week of transfers. Uh, I'm 60-40 right now, if you're talking about odds. I'm 60-40 in favor of keeping him. Uh, it's like the question everyone's struggling with is the, the there are some really appealing, interesting, hey, fun, to use our buzzword of the episode, options, if I do drop Ebra. But I, here, here's what I would say about it. I would not be concerned. If you're concerned about Ebra's price dropping, he is like a two-goal a two-game streak, goal-scoring streak, away from that price even exceeding what he was going into this game week. All right. If you if you had to guess what his ownership was right now, Brandon, what would you guess? Oh, like I don't have the it in front of me. Um, Ibra, I would say like 54%. 61.4%. I cannot – I mean maybe Mares last year got that high. I mean you never see 61% ownership. That is shockingly high. I suppose it's because he did so well at the first part of the season. So even players who eventually become like dead teams, <laughs> you know, were, were, when people were still making transfers, they, they bring him in. You know, Later on in the season, it's like – yeah, you know, you, like it's impossible for any players to move in value because <laughs> there's like 80 of us still playing the game, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so, right. Yeah, anyway. Okay. Uh, enough, uh, enough, enough jokes, Brandon. Enough Can we get jokes. serious here? Yeah. All right, so Game Week 5, it was entertaining, it was disappointing, it was interesting, it was everything to us. Uh, but we thought <laughs> we'd pick out some of the stand, standout players from Game Week 5 that are sort of now immediately on our radar. So uh, you're a big fan of this number one on our list here. Why don't you talk about him? Yeah, Slimani was a player that I talked about a little bit in the uh, the loans and transfer podcast we had a couple of weeks ago. He's just a player who's you know, scored at every level. Um, he is uh, a lot of Champions League experience, a lot of big game experience. Um, just fantastic player. Uh, scored two goals. He looks like he's got the body for the Premier League. He looks like the, the kind of player. A real man's play. body. A man's body, if you will. Uh, yeah, I picked up 13 points and looks like he could do that again. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, he just he looked he looked yeah, good. Uh, he, I thought he, he was good. Yeah, he looked effective and he looks like he uh, when he has a, a, a chance to shoot, he does it. And that is that is that is like a classic Lester play right there. Right. Like a lethal striker. Yeah. Also, this is a guy who it's his first start in the league. 
He's replacing Okazaki, who is the king of the 60th minute substitution. And Slomani plays 90 minutes. So this guy looks like he's in for the long haul. If he starts, you'll have plenty of opportunities for him to score throughout the It's kind of sad, Okazaki in game week four, where they, they gave him a start, I think, I think to be friendly to him. Like, hey, I'll <laughs> give you one more. And he must have skied like 30 balls over the bar. Like he was trying so hard to score like a wonder goal, like a... Hey guys, like don't forget about me, kind of goal. But sorry, <laughs> Okazaki. You know, a Joe is at home and in his lazy boy. He's just thinking about <laughs> how far have I fallen. All right, All right Brandon. Uh, of course, it's Nacer Chadley. I mean, mm-hmm. monster game week for West Brom. Two goals, two assists, totally bossing it against West Ham. Could you, no could you believe this performance? Uh, no, <laughs> no, I just came picked up three. Yeah, twenty-one points total. Uh, Dave Baker said, "Is anyone not triple captaining Chadley this week?" I doubt it. I mean, it's, clearly, it's the, it's the consensus pick. It's a, so who who does uh, who does West Brom play coming up here? Yeah, this is this is the only six. problem. It's, it's something I I actually have have kept an eye on a little bit because I'm I I was briefly debating bringing in two. Uh, having Foster and a West Brom defender for my West Brom, like just doubling up on West Brom's defense. But the next two fixtures are pretty decent. They're a way to Stoke and Sunderland. Uh, and then it gets pretty awful for, for four weeks in a row. Uh, they play Spurs, Liverpool, Man City, and Leicester. Um, and uh, two of those four are away, and there's no chance of keeping a clean sheet against Man City in that home match in game week 10. So I don't know. I mean, Chadley is intriguing, but do you really see a lot of goals from Chadley in that Spurs match, the Liverpool match, the Man City match, or the Leicester match? I, I don't know that I do. I think it's a blip because that West Ham defense, I mean, let in four goals against Watford and now against West Brom. I need to see more. The one thing I will recommend about Chadley is go look at his uh, player profile on the FPL site. His picture is like a glamour shot of him <laughs> in a rugged T-shirt standing against a brick wall with the West Brom <laughs> crest behind him. It is uh, it is truly beautiful. I want a signed copy of that image from Nathan. Yeah, you're right. Chadwick. It's like the only like that's a that's crazy. That's a crazy photo. The I, I don't want to say it's a blip. Like I don't think that Chadley is a good player. That I don't think he's going to be able to to replicate this. But. That that six point four price point is kind of a weird price point in some ways. I think it's kind of a, it's it's kind of in between. You know, yeah. he's like he's more expensive than than a Snodgrass Capoue, and right. he's maybe not quite as much of a consistent value as Antonio or Lalana are going to be. And so, I, I mean, I, I guess if you were you know if you needed the money, um, you know if you were if you were you know, I don't know, like if you wanted to upgrade from. I don't, I don't even know. I mean, I guess maybe if you wanted to downgrade Hazard and you needed X number of dollars to change Costa into Aguero, then I think that Chadley is an option. I just think that if you're a form versus fixtures kind of player, which which, or I'm sorry, excuse me, if you're a fixtures versus form kind of player, which I still kind of am, despite recent evidence, I still think that fixtures in some ways really dictate the kind of points that a player is going to get. Uh, I don't like the fixtures very much for Chadley. So that, that gives me some pause. All right, one that we can debate about here, Alexis Sanchez. Uh, he had a mystery goal credited to him in the game week. <laughs> Ends up with two goals, one penalty miss. So this penalty miss uh, was a gift to anyone who doesn't own Sanchez or Cazorla. A, Cazorla doesn't take the pen. B, Alexis misses. And despite scoring two goals, he gets uh, zero bonus points. I wonder so if that's ten- ever happened before. 
It, it is really remarkable. But 10 points still, a lot of people captained Alexis this game week. Uh, you have to be feeling good if you're an Alexis owner right now. Do you? Oh, I'd be so ticked. Oh, this, just oh, that, that, that penalty mess must have been so brutal, especially because it felt like a karmic punishment for him, right? Sandy yeah. Cazorla, like one of the nicest guys in the league, uh, scores a game-winning penalty in extra time just last week, right? Clearly, this guy should be on penalties. Like, he literally just won a game for you with his penalty. Sanchez snatches it away, misses the penalty, and it just felt like Conor McWhorter. Although they end up winning 4-1, he scored again anyway, so, you know. You were, you were talking about how it speaks to uh, how craven Arsene Wenger is with his players, that he would allow something like that to happen on the pitch. I, I mean, the players will do what they do, but you don't expect there will be any repercussions for Alexis. Yeah, if Alex Ferguson were Arsenal's manager and Alexis took that penalty, Alexis like wouldn't play the next game week, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> there's no, you know, there's just no. They would not be acceptable to just steal the ball away from the designated penalty taker. Uh, I I like Sanchez. I just think he's too expensive. At 11 million, he can't fit into my team. There's there's no way. There was something so remarkably pathetic about Arsenal and that 4-1 win as well. Uh, I mean, this is another one of my dilemmas. Um, Ozil in my midfield, uh, he's, uh, you know, he's sucking up a lot of cash and he hasn't done anything since that Watford game. Missed a, missed a great open, open goal this game week. And, uh, yeah, I, the, I, the Arsenal squad, it's hard to pin down at the moment. And if Alexis yeah. is that expensive, stay away. Yep. Yep. I agree. Uh, Andrews Townsend, uh, I'm not intrigued. We talked about him a little bit earlier. It's, I've just never been a fan and, I, he just runs hot and cold, uh, but it's not like he's he's not even streaky, I wouldn't say. It's just that he comes up with a huge game week every eight game weeks or whatever. I mean, when you're yeah. when you're just, when you're shooting at the goal, basically every time you get the ball, you're inevitably going to have a couple games where the ball goes in. Right. Yeah. Punchin was instrumental in every uh, movement that Crystal Palace had. I mean, I, I mentioned this earlier. Punchin is kind of diminished by the fact that he's flanked by Zaha and Townsend. But I do see more more and more assists coming from Punchin and he's not afraid to shoot. He'll get the ball at the top of the box. So um You got a little I, you got a little unlucky with Punch. I mean you had you got a, a big point total for him, but it was it was a late yellow card and then you lost the clean sheet bonus too. And it was like just these dumb Yeah. You know, well the, yeah. the the clean sheet bonus was a wash because when uh, Crystal Palace lost the clean sheet. All the bonus points that were going to go to the defense flipped, and Punchin got a bonus point. So that is true. He, he would have got one point either way, if you follow. Uh, I, I do follow you, and it actually it reminds me of one thing I wanted to bring up on this podcast, which is uh, Martin Kelly has started the last two game weeks for uh, for Crystal Palace, and uh, he's it looks like he's he's the replacement for Papa Suarez. And uh, Suarez is out, you know, for like six months. Uh, get well, Papa. Get well. And uh, Martin Kelly is four point four million. And Crystal Palace have a decent run of fixtures coming up. So I think that if you're if you're playing a wild card this week, I, I you know, I'll, I'll straight up admit I have Martin Kelly in my team right now. And he picked up an assist in his first game week, almost picked up an assist and the clean sheet. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think that and the, the next fixture is away to Sunderland, which is you know, a pretty good fixture. So, um, yeah, I definitely want to watch. All right, who else impressed in game week five? Yes, the entire Manchester City midfield, which we've, we've talked about, <laughs> talked about. Uh, al- already at length. But we actually have a message uh, from Facebook. Frode Helleran says, great podcast. Do you think Aguero will steal some of 
KDB's points or will both be essential? That's a good question, something we, we talked about a little earlier, and I think we both agree that uh, KDB could uh, be a little more peripheral when Aguero comes back. Yeah, and I think you made the argument for Sterling early on in the podcast. I, I agree with you. I mean, he's, he's almost $2 million cheaper. If, if you're going to go with that expensive forward line, you really need someone like Sterling over, over KDB. You just need the extra money. And if your Manchester City midfield problems weren't tough enough, yet another <laughs> City midfielder gets on the score sheet this weekend and now healthy Gundogan, uh, which he's, he's typically a deeper-lying midfielder, priced accordingly at 5.4 million pounds. But, uh, I mean, in this, in this all-out attack world, why not? Maybe. Yeah, I agree. Why not? It's probably worth a pu- I, You know, I don't know. I mean, why not, right? I mean, Okay, here, here's what you do with Gungadin. Uh, Gundogan. Why do I want to? Gungadin, I think, is... is I think you want to say, like, a planet. Gun, I think Gungadin gun- is, like, a planet in Star Wars or something like that. Yeah, well, Gungadin is a movie. Um, and because there's a Bob Dylan song about going to see a movie called Gungadin. Uh, uh-huh. But okay. there's but there's also Gundan like Gund- isn't like Gundan Warrior isn't it like a an anime? Okay, now, now we're Gundan? really talking out of school. Uh, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're gonna talk about anime. Just cut all this I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, Gundan is like it's like a it's like a anime. Then. Sure, <laughs> I believe you. I believe you. So I I would say maybe uh, Gundigan for well I was gonna say maybe for a double game week punt, but. Given the rotation, uh, one might think that you wouldn't see a single Manchester City mid play two matches in a row in a double game week. True. Now, Nolito, uh, he's on a three-match ban, so we don't really need to even talk about him. Yep. And uh, Troy Deeney, we talked about earlier, uh, $6.9 million, so affordable, uh, 3.7% selected, so definitely a differential, and uh, has looked very good the last two matches. He has. He continues to be a talisman for that team. He's on penalties, which penalties are basically a now normal occurrence in the Premier League. It's a great penalty, too. I, don't, I, I, am, I know you're hoping for a late penalty save as a, as a De Gea owner, but he really, he really yeah. belted that one. It, it, was, it was fun for a second when I thought. And, and De Gea guessed the right yeah. way, but it was just too much up the middle. I mean, when will we get to a point where these goalkeepers just stand their ground Every single PK appears to be going, unless your snot is God, uh, yeah. hashtag moment of magic, unless your snot is God shooting it to the upper 90, they're all just blasting it down the middle. Yeah, I had a moment, I, you know, I, I kept in, or I started, uh, I didn't captain him, but I started Ben Foster this game week, and there was a, the second uh, West Ham goal was a, was a penalty, and uh, I was just like, you know, rubbing my fingers together, like maybe I can save this this game week. Yeah. Uh, my defense has been utter crap. Oh my god, just all across the board. I mean, John Stones don't even don't even get me started. He was like the first player to go when I wildcarded. Jeremiah Johnson says uh, triple up on Watford, Dini Agallo, Capue, and a cheap defender. That's insane. oh, I see Dini Dini or Agallo. <laughs> it's like Dini Agallo oh. Capue. <laughs> I was gonna say that. that is um, insane. Yeah, Dini Agallo, Capue, and a cheap defender. I guess so. I, I, is the defense has the defense even kept a clean sheet yet this year? Uh, I don't think they have. I mean, their yeah. defense is 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 the sort of large and in charge type of defense. And with a with a class goalkeeper like Gomez back there, they'll probably get a few clean sheets. Yeah, but I I don't even think they're that cheap enough to warrant that. Are they? No, nah, I mean they're four point five, four point four. I mean they're. 
Oh, okay. they're that, kind that's of cheap, cheap I guess. Yeah, they're they're cheap enough, but yeah, I don't really see any any any. There's no tra- the only player on that Watford team that really sticks out to me right now, outside the obvious ones, is Perea, uh, who we talked about on last week's podcast. I picked up another assist in game week five. It looks looks really strong so far. He's got a goal, a goal and two assists in his first three games, and uh, he's only six million. So, yeah, uh, okay, he, he's selected by less than one percent. All right, those are those are uh, this week's must-have players. Now on Josh to this week's must-have team. L- uh, Lo Jun on on Twitter, he asks, everybody focusing too much and getting Brock Toon back. Is Liverpool's run of fixtures getting overlooked? Probably, yeah. I think they probably are. We talked about them a little bit earlier on the podcast. Uh, again, what makes them intriguing is that there are a lot of interesting price options here. Uh, Mane, uh, so again, I'll, I'll say it again. I, Mane is not... It's if you watch the matches, you're intrigued by Mane. If you just look at the total points scored, he is he's fourth on the team. He's not even the top, top points getters, but he is so involved and he's running so much. And I I feel like he's he's kind of due for to, to sort of emerge as the overall attacking threat on that team. I mean, I think that Firmino is really interesting too, and he probably offers a little more in terms of assist threat. But I just think that Mane is going to have like a big game sometime soon. And um, as you've listed here on the running notes, they've got a great run of fixtures coming up. They do. They're uh, at home to Hull in game week six, then away to Swansea. Then they've got United, West Brom, Palace, Watford, Southampton, Sunderland, Bournemouth, West Ham, Middlesbrough. My God, goals galore. (laughs) So if you had to pick one midfielder from this team, who would you pick? (sighs) It is a tough one. I mean, there's something for me. You can pick Lucas. It's okay. (laughs) I guess I like Firmino the best, but I'm saying that after he didn't play a single minute in this past game week. The rotation, as it was last season, is a killer with Klopp. Jordan Anderson is the one midfielder that I think has played every minute of every league game. But, I mean, he's not going to score a worldie every week, not even not even close. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, Coutinho, I think we both get a little too, like, he's, he's too streaky for our taste. To me, it comes down to uh, Lalana or Mane. Uh, I, Firmino, I mean, Firmino is an option as well, but I, I guess just me personally, I'm looking at Lalana or Mane. Mane because I just think he's a, a slightly more explosive option, a possible captain option in certain game weeks. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that uh, Lalana is just a great option because at seven million, um, he looks like he's you know he's he's in the attack constantly. It looks like he's yeah. He started um, every you know, game too under Klopp. St- Yep, started every game. Uh, he's picked up two goals and one assist already in the season, and um, yeah, so I think that um, as, as simply an option, I think he's a great value. I just think he's not quite as explosive as the other two. All right, so there are your uh, Liverpool players that you might might must have in your squad. Uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back. We have a few more questions, and we'll preview game week six for you. All right, sounds good. Same old podcast, always cheating. All right, Brandon, we're back. We have two more questions to go, and then we're going to do a quick game rate preview and, and, and sign off. Brandon, I.L. Buma says, with so, many, with so many points scored in lopsided fixtures, are point hits okay to chase them? Uh, no, I don't think they are. I mean, in, in a rare case, I think if, if your team is, is flawed going into the game week, perhaps, but I wouldn't do it just to chase. I mean, Nabubu, you used the, the key word here, chase. And I think if you find yourself in an FPL position where you're chasing something, you're usually on tilt, and it's more often than not going to go badly for you. Benteke yeah. for Palace, 
I think was a, a perfect example of that this weekend. Even though you can predict that Palace was going to boss that game, Benteke, for whatever reason, didn't reap any benefit. I, I think you're right. I mean, the only, you know, bringing in someone like Aguero for a point hit to me is not chasing points. That's, I, I think if, if, if the player, maybe it's like a good rule of thumb. If, if the player that you're but bringing that, in that for... Be, that betrays the question, though, Josh. You're not bringing in Aguero for a particular fixture. Yeah, you're bringing yeah. Aguero in for your team. Well, that that is true, and it's it's a long it's a long term move. That that is true, um, and and I think Aguero you could you could wait and not take a point at four if he wasn't playing away to Swansea, which is such a great fixture. Uh, I mean, Swansea defense the second half of that Southampton game. I don't know how Southampton didn't score like five goals. I mean, they it was like they tried really hard for thirty five minutes and they were just totally wiped out. I mean, it's all like second and third choice guys, you know? It's, yeah. So, yeah, so I think that in a case like that, if, if if the player you're going to bring in is a player that you would consider captaining, it's usually worth the four-point hit, uh, especially if you're taking out some, I, I wouldn't take out anybody who has like a good home fixture, you know, for a four-point hit. Um, but I think, you know, if you consider captaining them or if you just think they offer so much value long-term that it's worth just getting them in now, you know, to 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 get ahead of the point hits or, you know, the, the price hits, then I think, I think that makes sense. All right, Dave Aston asks a question. He's posing us a question, Josh, to us. The always Peters. <laughs> Maras versus Pyatt. Don't bottle it. We want, nay, demand a decision. So we're really on notice here. We have to call this. Our, our reputation uh, is on the line here. All right, I'm going to answer Pyatt with the with the caveat that Mares looks a lot better now that I've seen how good Slomani looks as a Leicester player. Yeah, um, I mean Maybe it's it, a hedge, but it is a little bit of a hedge. I was hoping you were going to be decisively one, and then just debate style, I could choose the other because <laughs> I, I I don't know if I'm totally convinced by. I mean, maybe I'll maybe I'll make the case for Mares because Mares's goal scoring ability might just edge. Payet's uh, free kick and assist delivery. That's interesting. I mean, I, I was surprised that Payet, for example, didn't take the penalty. Wouldn't you have assumed that with Mark Noble off the pitch, Payet would take that penalty? I was really surprised by that. And Maybe, Lanzini I mean, of all pa- players. Did Payet take a single penalty last season? I don't know that he did. Maybe not, but just in the you know, the form he's in. I mean, he's yeah. he's the one who won, he won the penalty. Your designated penalty taker isn't on the pitch. I don't know. I just to me I, that would have made sense to me if he'd taken the penalty. I mean, Lanzini wears the number 10, Josh. You've got to respect number 10. <laughs> he does. He's really too – it's too bad Lanzini – not to get sidetracked here, but it's too bad that Lanzini is 6.4. He's, he's great value at 5.5, but at 6.4, I think he's a little too, yeah, too pricey. Yeah. He had a nice little run last season where Lanzini – I think Lanzini was in a lot of people's double game week wildcard team. And he was in mine. He, he shit the bed. <laughs> Big time. Uh, all right. That's the questions for this game week. Game week six coming up. It's a big one, Brandon, and God knows if I'll be able to watch any of them. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, maybe you'll have a, a little mini Joshua on your lap. Yeah, I, I definitely want to get all my moves done early. I actually have a team in place right now that if I had to go right now, I'm okay with the team that's there. <laughs> okay, good uh, man. Good man. So, Sam, we talked about your moves a little bit too. Anything else you want to say about your, your transfers? I mean, just that uh, I think you'll know my well, I'm trying to trying to figure out how you'll know how confident I am. Will you know I'm confident if I burn four points, or will you know I'm confident in my squad if I just stick with my two free transfers? 
Right. I mean, I, I'm in. I'm in that classic position of the temptation to to spend four is massive. That's but, fair. It's got to be tough with the fifty buck cup because. Well, yeah, you're you know on your wild card. Because I'm on wild cards, you're already kind of in some. It's always going to be tough to pl- to beat a player point wise when they're off the wild card. Yeah, uh, and what hurts that too. What really irks me is you were on a minus four this week, and I really needed to capitalize knowing that you were going to hit your wild card in game week six. I really needed to beat you in game week five. Yeah, um, that's, just, that's still a long season, though. You know, <laughs> we're already talking like this. There's 32 weeks to go. We're doing a post-mortem on the season already. <laughs> All right, uh, so, clean, uh, yeah, sorry, clean sheet picks. Yeah, you go ahead. Uh, clean sheet picks. Uh, this week, I... I actually had a hard time with my clean sheet picks this week. There, to me, there are no uh, fantastic options. I mean, uh, Man U is always an okay option, but at home to Leicester, I could definitely see Leicester scoring a goal in that match. Uh, I went with Sunderland. I know that seems like a crazy pick, given how bad their defense has looked, but I think um, I think Pickford has looked fantastic so far, and aren't they kind of due? I mean, I I, I don't know. I, I feel like I mean they they did only lose one nothing away to you know at White Hart Lane. I mean that that is an improvement for that defense. Yeah, I think Moyes. I mean, Moyes changed up the lineup quite a bit going into this match, even dropping Patrick Van Anholt for some mysterious reason. But maybe he's on to something. Maybe they got some momentum. So a decent pick. I'm going to go with Watford, even though they're away. They're away to Burnley, which appears to be a team um, really can't seem to get anything going. And I think Watford is probably flying high after two fantastic wins on the bounce. Do you think that uh, Andre Gray was affected by the... uh the social media scandal. I, mean, I don't know how you couldn't be. Yeah. That is some crazy stuff to happen to you in the most public space. I mean, after what was probably the best match of his life, yeah. right? Of his entire life. I mean, maybe a match last year when they won the championship or something, but I, I don't know. It's like the biggest stage he's ever been on. I mean, he scores a goal and an assist at home to Liverpool, a Liverpool yeah. team that beat Arsenal the week before, right? I mean, everyone was, was was starting to talk about Liverpool as a possible title contender, and then they go and you shut them down, keep a clean sheet, and then it has the matches finishing this horrible scandal break. I mean, a, a self a self created scandal. I don't even yeah yeah. A Gray but. does not get an out here. We're not giving him an out. Not giving him an out, but it, it is like it's it's certainly something. It, <laughs> It I is, don't even yeah. know. It's certainly something. It is something. Yeah, so <laughs> I fear for Burnley. Wofford's my clean sheet pick. All right, Captain Picks. Who you uh, got? Yeah, I'm going with uh, Toon. Toon last name, first name Brock. Toon <laughs> comma space Brock. You've heard of the Toon Army. We're the Brock Toon <laughs> Army right here. Yeah, I'm also going Man City, but I'm I'm going to throw KDB out there. I mean, so so here we'll put our theory to the test that Aguero takes points off of KDB, but I think that guy is in sizzling form right now. I like that option. I think that's uh, that makes makes sense. Okay, Josh. Yet again, we've we've gone on long enough, but uh, I feel sufficiently optimized for game week six. I mean, game week five, classic. Uh, a lot of questions asked, some answered, uh, more questions risen. Uh, <laughs> So here we are. I, I'm feeling somewhat ready for game week six. So before we go, just a quick shout out. Our friend Justin's website, ephusmag.com, E-E-P-H-U-S-Mag.com. Um, he put up a great article by our friend Stephanie Anderson. I think it's going to be a reoccurring column there at Ephus Mag called Friday Night Plight. Now, Stephanie is in our private mini league, and she's 
kind of in the basement. She's uh, having some bad luck this season. So uh, every week she's going to talk through her decision-making of what it's like to be in last place in your league. And if you don't have a lot of time during the week to, say, listen to podcasts or do a lot of reading about how to set your team, what's it like for the sort of non-serious players to set their team? So that should be fun. Look look for that Friday night play on ephismag.com. And Brandon, you can find us on a host of different places that you keep adding to this list. It's so so it just it, it's almost sprawling now. We're on iTunes. Please leave us a review. Uh, we're on SoundCloud. Uh, I, I notice our, our our follows and likes and comments on SoundCloud have have kept going up. And I don't know if it's because more people are using SoundCloud or or if we're just getting more popular. I assume it's the former. Uh, but it's nice to see that happen. Uh, it is really cool. Uh, just just real quick about SoundCloud. It allows SoundCloud allows you to comment at particular moments in the podcast. So if. Uh, Josh says something really illuminating, you can compliment him. Or if I say something really dumb, like my uh, my campaign against the town of Middlesburger, uh, you can also uh, leave me a comment there and, and we can respond to you. So SoundCloud is a really fun, fun place to interact with the pod. Okay, I, I interrupted you. Where else can people listen? That's okay. You can find us on Stitcher, Google Play, and we're also on Acast now and TuneIn. So eventually this is going to be like a 20-minute scroll. We just list every. <laughs> Every yeah. single place you can find us. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, so, And don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at Hail Cheaters, where we're always tweeting uh, midweek and during the games. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash alwayscheating. And send us an email, hailcheaters at gmail.com. Lastly, don't forget to join the uh, Hail Cheaters Super League. You can still get your team in there. We're over a 1,000 managers right now. It's awesome, good banter. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, that league code on our site, alwayscheating.com, and, and as we said, everywhere on social media, you can find that code. That's right. Uh, all right, Brennan, that's it. Hail cheaters. Mobicani forever. And have mercy.